Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. UK Tech Weekly Pod. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. UK Tech Weekly Pod. Happy New Year and welcome to this first auditory excretion of 2017 from the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, the UK's least failing pile of garbage. The UK Tech Weekly Podcast is an infotainment magic trick conjured by the editors of PC Advisor, Tech World, Macworld UK and Computer World UK. Every Friday, we climb on board a magic audio carpet, seeing unbelievable audio sights, enjoying indescribable audio feelings, and freewheeling through an endless diamond <laughs> audio sky in order to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. And please don't forget to subscribe, review, and tell your friends. I'm David Price, acting editor of Macworld UK, and today I am delighted to be joined in discussion by... Hakuna Matata, Tom McCauley, online editor on TechWorld UK. Hello. Let it go, Ashley Macro, engagement editor on PC Advisor. Hi. And hi-ho, Chris Martin, <laughs> consumer tech editor on PC Advisor. Yo. <laughs> I like it. This week we are talking past, future and war. It's the circle of life. <laughs> Ashley Macro, welcome back to the pod. How long has it been? A very long time. Too long. Yeah. Um, the last pod, which you weren't in, uh, we were talking about how awful 2016 was. Um, but you're here, I hope, to bring us some positivity. Yeah. What were your tech highlights of 2016? Well, it depends whether you want me to start with the sort of expected or unexpected. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Let's go with the expected first. All boring right. stuff first. <laughs> boring first. No, it's not boring. It's just... Every year, you know, we see new smartphones, new flagship stuff from the big companies. So obviously, last year we had the iPhone 7, we had the Galaxy S7, um, we had... Seven! <laughs> yeah, lots of seven. <laughs> um, I got that reference. We had, um, you know, so new new smartphones from some of the biggest companies. And actually, I don't, even though they're what good, was your pick of those? I don't know if they were that exciting. Um, the iPhone 7 was not exciting. No, can, exactly. Um, but I am probably an iPhone person, so I'm going to say iPhone 7 was my pick. But... iPhone 7 or iPhone 7 Plus? Oh, iPhone 7. But so then you're not, there you're was... Not, you're not um, digging the twin lens and the portrait mode? Well, no, I do like it, but um, I don't. I think it's too big. It's too big. Yeah. So, but I understand the appeal a bit, but it's also very expensive. But we also had um, Google Pixel phones... 
They were new and they're they've proven to be quite popular. I haven't tried the Google Pixel yet. Have you are you gone with the uh you gone with that for the camera? People um, say it's a good camera. Well, I'm not picking it as my favourite. It's just oh no, you're still it right. You're going with iPhone seven last year, and um, I think my favourite is iPhone seven. Other than the lack of headphone jack, which I'm sure we'll get used to, but that did bring the new AirPods with it. So that's another yeah. new bit of tech in 2016. I think a lot of people would have the AirPods as their pick of the year. Actually, came really? late. Um, what is their best of 2016? Genuinely, well. Best Apple product of the, of the year. Do you think? Really? Well, there you um, go. Lewis, uh, who reviewed them for us, loves them. Yeah. Oh, right. it's the, he's been here for two years, uh, and he's never previously given a product five stars in a review, and he gave it five stars. Well. It's his first ever five star. There you go. Wow. <laughs> Praise indeed. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Um, uh, yeah. Tom, what's your pick of 2016? I would say for me, probably 2016 was the year that artificial intelligence really showed its potential. Um, particularly DeepMind, things that Google are doing. I mean, on a basic level, they showed for the first time to be a human player of the Chinese board game Go. And Yeah, that was that was right near the start of 2016. Yeah, yeah, that's right, which was really a good introduction to what they had ahead and I think um, the way they've been applying it in sort of the healthcare industry is particularly interesting. They've been using um, at the Royal Free Trust in London uh, some analytics to detect kidney diseases based on algorithms. Um, they've also been looking at eye scans at more fields using algorithms again to, to look at eye diseases. And I think Google also were using it to predict their electricity bills and become more efficient in the way they use electricity. So I think they're... Predicting their own electricity bills. Yeah, exactly. They said I'm, I'm guessing that Google's electricity bill is quite big. They were absolutely yeah. massive, but they cut a large chunk off it through their use of artificial intelligence. So yeah, and I think there's a lot of room for developments in 2017 in that area, definitely. I remember just before, uh, well, in our last podcast, we were talking about how environmentalism is going to be one of the themes of 2017, I hope it will be. Um, have you seen a lot of tech in that sort of area, as well as, you know, uh, optimising people's electricity bills? I think it's something that they're talking about possibly more than they're actually acting on. Um, there's some things going on. I mean, there's a lot of investment, certainly, in kind of environmentally focused startups and ideas. But I wouldn't say there's any that really stood out from 2016 that I can remember. But certainly I think artificial intelligence offers a lot of potential for that through basically improving efficiencies. That is good stuff, although quite scary uh, to me. Uh, Chris, what's your pick of the year? And don't worry, actually, I'm going to come back to you. Uh, I feel like I've pulled it away from you. It's, but, all, uh, it's all good. I want to I wanna see what Chris um, got to say first. <laughs> I think if I had to pick one product, it was the HTC Vive. Uh, which obviously we've mentioned a lot on many podcasts and just VR in general, because it was one of the kind of trends of the year, I guess, was like VR becoming... It's, it's been the year of VR going mainstream. Yeah, obviously VR's been around for a long, long time, but it's last year was when it kind of became an actual consumer product that you could go and buy, especially with the PlayStation VR. Um, but the Vive was the one that just really, I don't know got me smiling, got me excited, like yeah. at lunchtime I just wanted to come back in here and, and just use it a bit more before it went back. Um, it, that kind yeah, of thing. It, was, it was a real event. Just product. like actually kind of, like the first bit of tech that's actually blown me away for like a long time. But what In, in sort of ten words, why, why have you gone for the Vive rather than the Oculus Rift, for example, which I think launched this year as well? I can do it in less than 10 words. Okay, yeah. I nice. haven't tried the Oculus Rift. 
<laughs> that's six words. Very good. Yeah. Um, I mean, personally, what I hold against the Oculus Rift is uh, Palmer Lucky being a Trump supporter. Uh, but that probably isn't uh, the right way to deal with it. Um, I mean, what's going to happen to VR to VR in 2017 then? Um, I where, think where can it go from here? Well, I don't, I don't really know if there's going to be like an HTC Vive two. I'm, I don't know in terms of products, but I just think there should be more VR stuff, especially on the content side. Yeah, and hopefully it will become more accessible, but that might not happen that quickly it's it might it, not happen this year like it won't it won't necessarily get to the point where there's loads of headsets they're all a lot cheaper um that kind of usual development cycle so the vive the vive and the uh and the oculus rift both require a pc right yeah um, and a very hefty powerful pc at that yeah um for me the point at which it's going to become truly truly mainstream is when it's it's sort of uh, most console owners. I mean, maybe even if people are getting it as standard with a console. Yeah. Um, PlayStation VR, I think, launched this year, uh, but nothing from Microsoft yet. No, I mean they're focusing on like the Hololens kind of AR yeah. side of things. But an Xbox, if once you've got an Xbox VR uh, and a PlayStation VR competing, yeah. that's going to pull down the prices and it's going to make everybody create the uh, the content. Yeah. Uh, talking of games. Does anybody have a pick for the best game of the year? Mm, I've uh, been playing Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yes, very good. Long awaited. <clears throat> yeah. um, not, not quite the uh, uh, explosion of positive reviews that I think some people were expecting. But you, you're digging it. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. But I'm only about three or four hours in, and as some people say, that's basically the tutorial. <laughs> that's incredible. But, um... <laughs> that's terrifying. <laughs> But yeah, no, I have really enjoyed it. Story-wise, it's... Yeah, uh, good so far. Because I'm a bit confused. I used to play uh, Final Fantasy uh, many years ago, and I always understood it as a high fantasy thing. Uh, and I've I've watched the video of the first hour or so yeah. of Final Fantasy fifteen, and they're in a car yeah. or something, and they've all got leather jackets, yeah. but they still seem to fight with like magic and swords. Yeah, they do. Um, it's bringing it into the modern, modern era. It's great. But sort of, sort of doing that yeah but it's weird but then final fantasy 7 one of them had a gun um and still didn't win all the fights necessarily um what else my favorite um, game is was overwatch by the way <laughs> I, I wasn't ignoring you i promise um is that primarily a multiplayer game it's an online multiplayer yeah in that sort of uh counter-strike vein yeah again um personally that puts me off because i don't like playing against humans um, is that because you're not as good as them? I'm not as good at most games as anybody. I've been playing um, uh, Secret of Mana, which is a game from 1993. I've been playing Pokemon Yellow, which is from 1990. Whoa. So this is something else I wanted to talk about, uh, how this has sort of been the year of retro. I thought what I thought you were going to pick as your product of the year was the NES Classic. It, that was literally like joint first, basically. Yeah. The NES Classic and Sky Q, actually. Sky Q is pretty darn good what's so good about sky q it's just like a really good uh like box for watching <laughs> tv it's just it does a lot of clever things yeah uh like particularly when you've got the sky mini or the sky q mini as in another room so you can watch anything there you can actually download or, uh, anything you record onto the box you can then put on your tablet and take on the train just like basically the first time 
you've ever been able to do anything with the recordings on your box yeah. that sits under the telly. So it's quite a bit of a bit of a breakthrough in that kind of area. Yeah. Tom, are you uh, a gamer at all? Not massively. Um, I play FIFA, and that's about it, really. And it's not even the most recent version of FIFA. So, <laughs> yeah, kind of naturally a retro gamer. It has it has been a year of retro. It's it's a mm. funny one. Um, nobody's gone for the um, the obvious gaming choice for me was Super, Super Mario Run, Run. Um, which we talked about before on the podcast. Uh, is, is anybody else playing this? Mm-mm. Yeah, I haven't. It's, it's um, okay. Well, I, I, it's weird because it's. I, I think it's a truly great game. In You're just annoyed respect. about the whole online thing. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's no there's no offline um, version of the game. I, I think it's something to do with the fact that I've I've got a test version of uh, Super Mario Run, but whenever I log in at the beginning of any day, I then have to download a load of data. Oh, you get that? No, I think it might be just because a test flight game. Uninstalled uh, it and reinstalled it. Uh, yeah, I did that. When you get yeah. to the end of the test period, um, then you stop being able to play it. Right. So then I downloaded it from the App Store. Uh, but then it uh, somehow kept all my in-app purchases that I hadn't paid for. Uh, anyway, um, well, none of you had asked me for my pick of the year, so I'm just going to tell you. Uh, <laughs> my pick of the year is the Apple Watch 2, uh, which traditionally is the point at which everybody takes a mickey out of me. No. Uh, only at the beginning, only like right at the beginning when it was first generation and early on before they'd done the update. I think then it was, I was like, no one should buy it. But now, yeah. you know, much improved. It's, it's, it's still really expensive though. Yeah. It, yeah. it is expensive, but it's, but and I haven't tried yeah. as wide a range of smartwatches as you have, Chris, which is something I'm conscious of. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, but then I haven't used the Apple Watch. So. The, the Apple Watch 2 has a two-day battery life. It's it's very waterproof. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very waterproof. I mean, it is, you know what I mean? It, it, they say it's water-resist. Um, it's, and it's it's, it's, just, it's such a good watch. It's just it's everything I want from a smartwatch, but it is expensive. What would you what would you say is the best smartwatch? Uh, my favourite smartwatch, what, just overall or from last year? I suppose I suppose from last year, but wait, is there an older one that's better? Uh, well, I'm just struggling to remember exactly when everything came out. The Huawei watch is probably yeah. the best watch uh, overall. I mean, that's that's number one in our chart. I think that, that did come out last year, even though it wasn't supposed to. Um, but my favourite it was uh, the Fossil Q, uh, one of the Fossil Q watches, which is actually it's one a of the semi-smart yeah. watch, which so just has an analog, a nice analog watch, which with kind of hidden smart features. So it's got LEDs on the side that light up when people call and ring you and stuff like that. So Yeah. That's um, that's one, one of the few non yeah. watches I've tried is a, is a semi-smart watch, the Guest Connect, um, yeah. which is okay. But again, it's, yeah. it's sort of... That's not the best example of a semi-smart watch. <laughs> yeah. But... yeah, it's all right. Um, all right, here's a maybe more fun question. Ashley, what is your worst product of the year? Um... Oh, I don't know the answer. <laughs> Are you trying not to be nasty? No, well... Uh, I think I have an answer for this, but I'm trying to... Again, I'm trying to remember if it definitely came out in last year and not 2015. Oh, I think we, I think we can be a little bit loose with it. Right, so the, I'm pretty sure it was last year's MWC. Did you come? Yeah. yeah. Right, so me and Ashley at MWC, we went to the Acer stand to see this watch add-on thing, and it's like... Take a, I'm trying yes, to remember the brand. I remember. <laughs> a luxury brand of smart, uh, of watch, just normal watches, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, well known 
um, brand and this kind of rubber thing that sits over the watch to make it a smartwatch <laughs> with looks... like this really rubbish little <laughs> like yeah. LCD screen that so you can't the, see the, your expensive watch. Does rub, yeah, so you you hide this watch. It makes it about an inch thick. <laughs> um, it just looks hideous. Um, and they wanted like more than a hundred quid for it or something. And and it was like it just added features like telling you the time. <laughs> it's like, but but my watch is already doing that. <laughs> Obviously, it did do other stuff, but it was just it was just horrible it looking. Was quite um, embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. Well, there must have been a few dodgy ones at CES, I suppose. But we, we're going to come to that um, in a moment. Uh, but I think we should uh, move on now. Um, so we're back in a moment after. I'll just quickly go around the room. And I want you all to decide and just say one thing, your best product of the year, your best thing of the year in tech. You can't have two. You can't. You have to be completely clear. Ashley? Well, mine's HTC Vive, even though I didn't talk about that. Hold on, you said it was iPhone 7. No, 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 you didn't she let me get to the new You didn't let me get to the unexpected part. So. Oh, no. Oh, no, that's really bad. <laughs> but it's okay, Chris mentioned it, so we're all good. It's HTC Vive. Oh, well, before we move on, were there any other exciting ones in the unexpected section? Um, Alexa. Alexa, we yeah. didn't talk about Alexa. And if Jim was here, he'd be going mad about is, the I echo. I mean, 2016 was a huge year. That's why it's difficult to fit it all in. Um, but there yeah, was also... Alexa's a really good choice, actually. Yeah. I wish um, I'd gone for that. <laughs> <laughs> but HTC Vive is my pick. Or HTC Vive. Yeah. Tom? So as a product, probably the most exciting thing I tried was um, an augmented reality headset by a company called Wave Optics. And um, the founder, he's, sort of, he's been designing this sort of technology for decades and started off using it for helmets in F-16 fighter jets. And they've got some really exciting prototypes there working on using these very tiny lenses that create incredible sort of layered images. Um, and yeah, I think they're going to be pretty big in 2017, although it's likely that they're just sort of going to sell the technology to bigger companies that they'll be inserted into. But yeah, the technology itself is called Waveguides. I think we'll nice. probably hear a lot more about that in 2017. I'll put it on my uh, Christmas list. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. uh, and Chris, are you sticking with HTC Vive as well? Yeah, second vote for the HTC Vive. And I'm the Apple Watch too. So we've had... 50% of us think the HTC Vive was the best product of 2016. Yeah. That's quite impressive. Uh, right, we're going to move on, and after a short break, we will be talking about CES. Chris Martin, uh, sitting next to me, recently flew back to the UK from Las Vegas, uh, where he was covering CES for PC Advisor. Chris, welcome back to the country, first of all. Uh, I've got lots of questions about CES. Uh, so for listeners that don't know all about CES. What, what is CES, first of all? So CES stands for Consumer Electronics Show. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, I double-checked double myself there. I was like, <laughs> that's not second even guess. the right phrase. Yeah, second guess myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, it's it, in America. It, it happens in Vegas every January. Um, so it's often our first day back in the office, although obviously we're not in the office, but... Yeah. It's our first day back after Christmas, um, and it's the biggest tech show on the calendar. So we go to MWC in Barcelona and IFA in Germany, but they're not as big uh, as CES. It, CES is so big that it can't even fit in the convention centre in Vegas, which is massive. So a lot of it is in some of the hotels. So that was going to be my next question was, is it is it bigger than last year or is it smaller than last year? Uh, Size-wise, I'm not sure. Possibly bigger, but... 
it, it's always massive. Um, so they use other they uh, some of the hotels in Vegas have their own smaller convention centers that can yeah. be used. Like so, there's a whole they use one of them. At Does the, the CES unveiled? Was that one of the smaller hotels? I'm trying to remember. Um, that's normally at the Mandalay Bay. Um, I don't know where we didn't go. We we weren't there early enough this year to go to that, so I'm not sure where it was. Okay, uh, and uh, here's here's another fundamental question: then. What is CES for? See, why why do they have it? It's 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 like other shows where tons of you know loads and loads of tech brands come to show off their new products. So in general, they're showing off what they're going to launch in 2017. Okay. So it's so at the beginning of the year. It's like right here's all our new ranges for this year and some of them will come out and some of them presumably are vaporware that, yeah that, that's what uh, a lot so of one of the, one year. of the interesting this year that i saw was like i think it was that 20 percent of the exhibitors weren't companies four years ago so a lot of them are you know startups startups brand new companies showing off their often yet yeah, prototypes or maybe not even prototypes maybe just ideas of what yeah, yeah, what, yeah but we often don't get round to that kind of area of the show because we're, you know, making sure that we see, you know, what. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Samsung and the big players have done, which is a, is a bit of a shame, but often the problem is that those products, yeah, don't come out. So it's a yeah. bit sad. There's, there's been a few times when I've been at shows um, and I've just sort of got lost at one point and ended up in the the non-consumer areas and you just get some absolutely mad companies yeah. that will, yeah, yeah, I assume the products will never see the light of day. Um, you mentioned Samsung. Um, do all the big players go to CES? Uh, well, Microsoft and Apple don't. Um, what about games companies like Nintendo? No. They'll, they'll announce stuff either on their own uh, schedule or E3, which is the big gaming uh convention okay which raises the other question which is um if they don't 
do it there and they can instead have their own conference and control the message much more and not have to compete with the noise of all these other companies, why would any large company go to CES? Why, why does Samsung go? Or is it because they can dominate because they are the single biggest fish there? Um, I, I guess they would be better positioned to answer that. But from I guess from my point of view there it's almost like keeping up with the Joneses. Like if they don't go, it's like, well, why are you not here? Like, um, kind of thing. And it must cost uh, them a fortune. It must yeah. cost them a lot of money, but they're, fortune. they're, they're getting themselves in front of a lot of, I, I mean, there's, it's, it's probably about 150,000 people that go. And that, that's not just yeah. journalists like us. That's, you know, analysts, buyers. So they're trying hard to get their products into stores you know, yeah. and and you've got some big retailers going around looking at what they're going to stock that year, and they, you know, if they can't see Samsung's new TVs, they maybe they don't stock them. Yeah, maybe they don't. So, um, it's yeah. it, it's kind of essential for their business to to be there and show show what they've got. Okay, uh, let's get down to the nitty gritty then. What was what was your um your highlights of CES? What were the what were the best products you saw? So I didn't actually see all of these products, but Alexa was one of the things that kind of stole the show, if you like. Um, so, and I and it wasn't something I was expecting. So obviously Amazon launched the Echo in the UK last year, um, and Alexa is its voice assistant yeah. thing. So Echo is the, the speaker that it kind of lives in. Um, but but lots of companies announce products that use Alexa, either built in or integrated. Um, so built in means you don't need like an, an Amazon Echo to to use Alexa with it. If it's integrated, then you you can use your Amazon Echo to talk to that product. Yeah. So like LG uh, put Alexa in one of its new fridges, and it's little robots that are designed to just help you out. So what do you, um, what do you do with the fridge? You you say. Alexa, what have I got in the fridge sort of thing? What ingredients um, have I got? What can I make? I'm not sure what the kind of limits of it are, but you can definitely um, like adjust the settings. You could change the temperatures or you could... Who does that though? Who changes the temperature of the fridge? Presumably you leave it the same once you've yeah. found a nice temperature. But When I got um, a new fridge, it was much too cold and it froze everything. You can... <laughs> I, I think the main thing is that you can order new stuff. So you can... If you open the fridge and be like, oh, I've nearly run out of that, you can go, oh, yeah. oh Alexa, Amazon. order me, yeah. some, buy some like the new, dash thing. buy some tomatoes, yeah, yeah or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll arrive at your door whenever. That is very exciting. And there were, there were just loads, I mean, a lot of prototypes again, but just numbers and numbers of products that have some kind of Alexa um, built in. Yeah. Um, Ashley, you were also at uh, CES yes, in Las indeed. Vegas. Um, what was your... Pick. Well, my favourite product I actually saw in real life was the Misfit Vapor Watch. It's their first touchscreen uh, smartwatch. So Misfit has been making fitness trackers for quite a while, and I've been quite a, a follower of their their products. But now this is their first um, touchscreen smartwatch, and they've they've built their own software for it, um, and it's really affordable. It's like one hundred and ninety nine dollars. Um, and it's got GPS built in. It's waterproof. That's, it's got that's a lot going affordable, for it. But that's not well considering considering that it's got the GPS built in yeah. and waterproof and all the features it's got. It's a lot. It's it's less than rivals yeah. have been previously. Yes. But talking so, about making their own software is making me nervous. Yes. For one thing, it could be 
Because people won't be used to it, that's the only yeah. thing. And it's going to make it difficult for people to change over to it. Will they be familiar with it if they've used one of the uh, fitness trackers? Is there, is there any kind of continuity um, between the not way? Not really, no. It is. Because those is, aren't touchscreen. No. It's new um, and it doesn't really look like the app because obviously they've always had an app. Um, but it is intuitive. It's not. It's It's quite easy to follow. It's not like really complicated, so... Um, I think people get used to it quite quickly. It's just whether it... And that's quite rare with smartwatches. Yeah. I I used Android Wear for a while, and I found it very counterintuitive. But because they've done it like that, it means that it works equally well with Android and iOS. So, you know, it's a completely neutral smartwatch. Mm. So I think that was the idea behind it. It It's obviously quite brave calling it the Vapor. Yeah. At a conference where there is Vapor (laughs) Wear. Um... Did either of you see any of the car-related stuff? Lots of autonomous autonomous cars. We didn't go and see them, but there are, there are a lot of car, cars at um, CES. It's one of the big parts of, of it. Um, it's one of the only places that they really launch that sort of thing. They don't do that at EFA or MWC so much. I think CES is like the main place for, yeah. for car launches. And I've also written down here booze. I don't know if that's a category of technology or what you guys did uh, in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, which actually raises another question, which is, um, to somebody that's listening again and won't have experienced this, what's CES like as a journalist? Is it fun? I mean, we all think you go to Las Vegas. That's so lu- You're so lucky. Uh, well, we don't get to actually see the outside all that much. <laughs> but then again, if you're in Vegas and you're in casinos anyway, so maybe. But um, it's so grim, isn't it? Yeah. And no clocks. Smoky. Yeah. Um, but it is fun in the evenings. But you do have to spend a long time walking around the show. You get very achy legs. Um, but then you're rewarded by by the evening entertainment and fun. <laughs> Did you go to some uh, exciting, extravagant shows? No, we didn't. You went to Britney the Spears was playing when I was there last time. Oh, really? I didn't go to the there, there was some... It's, it's difficult because we often don't find out what's happening until we get there. Partly because we're off over Christmas and, as I don't know, it's just awkward yeah. timing. But there was like Blink-182 were playing like two nights in a row. First night for AT&T and then for CNET. But we didn't manage to get to either of those. Didn't they used to be a punk band? And yeah. now they're playing for yeah. CNET. <laughs> um, like Disclosure were playing... For Intel and HP, Disclosure tweeted saying, "Retweet this to get on the guest list for our gig with Intel and HP." <laughs> Loads of people retweeted it, and then they just never like said where it was or anything. <laughs> That's brilliant. So none of us went. That's such a good scam. <laughs> uh, right. So I suppose the last question is: in the modern age, with online live streams of products, do, is there a future for this sort of thing? Like, what is, what is the actual purpose of going to another country? when you could get all the information. Like often what happens, I get the impression, is that you see the products, but then you come back home and you get all the information anyway. Um, and you'll get to have the hands-on with the product later on anyway. Do we need to go abroad? Uh, I think so, yeah, because it's like it's an easy way of seeing loads of stuff in a short period of time. It, I mean, if we if we covered all of the stuff that we did back here, it would take a lot longer and a lot more effort. I can understand why companies do individual launches for products, um, but it, yeah. it's kind of it's far more efficient to just go see loads in one go. And then we get to chat with all the PRs, and we gave out awards. We did ten awards, 
um, this year. So yeah, tech advisor Golden Stingrays. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not unofficial. Tech there. advisor top picks, um, and so we got yeah. to do that. So we wouldn't be able to do that if we uh, if we That's weren't true. there. Things yeah. like that. Well, it sounds kind of fun. Um, I'm saying it sounds kind of fun. I've actually been. I didn't find it particularly fun. Um, but uh, let's go around the room. I never want to go again. Um, uh, let's go around the room. Uh, the question is: See yes or see no? Uh, Ashley. See yes. Tom. See yes. And Chris Martin. See yes. See yes. Uh, I'm going to say see no. But uh, <laughs> after a short break, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about war. Tom Corley. Uh, Hello, welcome to the pod. Yeah, thanks for first, first pod appearance, yeah, first I think. Um, so just as a sort of, um, uh, and finally, sort of light subject, we're going to talk about war technology. Mm. Um, what is war tech good for? <laughs> so I feel like I've lost the, the You need to do the song. I need to go, Hurrah! Yeah. Um, yeah, have you been, you've been interviewing somebody about um, the latest advances in military tech. What's, yeah. what's going on in the world of military tech? That's right. Um, well, I was speaking to a defence analyst about this today, and he was very keen to emphasise that the sort of blue sky thinking is often quite far removed from the reality. And also... so, th- so this is, this is um, far off mm. 2020 or something, yeah. si- science fiction level stuff. Well, 2020, we're looking very likely to have sort of a lot of functioning lasers. In fact, there's supposedly one already on a US boat. Um, another thing that obviously a lot of people are talking about is robots. And there's been a lot of debate about the ethics of using robots equipped with artificial intelligence, particularly the idea of them being so responsible for making their own decisions about who to kill. Um, yeah, how will, they, how will they do that? It's, it's difficult to work out. I mean, again, it's, it's another thing that will probably be using artificial intelligence. They'll have potentially a massive map of photos of one person that they're sent out to take out. And based on that, they'll have a pretty good idea of what he looks like. Hopefully better than pretty good. <laughs> it's a terrifying time. Uh, yeah. But I don't think that's likely to happen for a very long time. Um, I think also, well, the military's primary concern is about saving money. That also probably includes building more efficient killing machines, but... It's also about using technology to reduce the need of troops. Um, robots in the near future are much more likely to be used, and indeed are currently used for more sort of strategic things, for supplies, for surveillance, this sort of thing. So there, there could be a future where um, where humans are not humans are not in harm's way, where robots effectively are sort of fighting each other. Is that, or is it, <laughs> or is it just going to be one? terrifying military superpower which has robots and the other side has humans who are all being wiped out by the yeah. what are clearly terminators i mean that's a good question and that's potentially a reason why you wouldn't want to limit the use of ai in case because someone's going to do it if you don't but i think that's a very very long time away um i think much something that's probably happening now and is likely to increase in the near future is the nature of warfare on battlefields is going to be much more sort of small mobile units. And that's partly because of the developments in sensors. Um, it's obviously a lot easier to find and track big groups and then attack them. So there'll be sort of technology devised to make it easier to move these big units from huge expandable walls that can be compressed into a small container. Um, I mean, we might see 3D printing used to create spare parts when they're damaged, things like that. Um, what, I think, are, what about the weapons themselves? Oh, the weapons themselves. That again is something. This is that, the really cool. So we're all yeah. we're all here trying to pretend <laughs> that this is a serious <laughs> subject and that we're not actually very excited about it. But sure, I think sure. We are a little bit. Yeah, I mean, lasers are. I mean, the 
military defense in the UK recently announced a big contract to develop lasers and they expect a prototype to be finished in the next couple of years and sort of functioning ones in the 2020s. Um, I think more interesting, but perhaps not likely to happen in the very near future, are smart weapons. Also pretty terrifying, but um, things like self-guided bullets or smart bombs that can <laughs> lock on and be more accurate in terms of hitting their targets. Um, Guns with NFC, so you can pair them with your phone. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> well, they be connected to the internet. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I mean, mobile apps are something that's probably going to be used, in, and it already is being used in the in the future a lot more. But um, yeah, and also, obviously, cyber warfare is something that's going to continue to grow. Um, I think probably the one this that terrifies me the most is bioweapons, actually. Yeah. Especially when you talk about, I know it's something, especially in China, but around the world, kind of mapping the human genome and potentially developing sort of super beings or, um, there was one thing I was reading about. <laughs> I'm so, so on board with this. <laughs> <laughs> this idea of gene, um, editing, which I found, think sounds particularly terrifying, where you can alter individual organisms and even their offspring. So. Kind of... like super strong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or... But this is where zombies could happen. This like, is a good point, yep. Tom. Because if it True. goes wrong, yep. um, then they could turn into zombies, and this is what I'm really scared of. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, they I'm might even... That, Tom. Yeah, um, an enemy Smart might... Weapons. <laughs> an enemy might even be able to edit the genes of their, of their enemy. Yeah. So who Thank knows you. what that'll lead to. I don't like this. What no. failsafe will be in place to stop? Not necessarily the zombie thing. Well, uh, but say, let's talk about... Just a know, huge red button, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or a plug. Pull out the plug. The drones, for example. Sure. Unmanned drones. Yeah. Uh, and I think when we were discussing this, you used the phrase uh, uh, swarms of autonomous stealth drones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something that's... very cool. Yeah, that's something that has been tested successfully very recently. Yeah, sort of big groups of drones all working together on individual missions. Um it's not specific to drones exclusively. It could be boats. I know yeah, that's technology that's really already there. But again, but what, what is there to stop these things from um, you know attacking the wrong targets or you know going rogue or being hacked? Particularly, it's yeah, I think I, most people would be worried about. I think that's something that's definitely a major concern and probably a limitation on why it's they're not being used or developed more quickly. Probably something more likely to happen in the very near future is stealth drones because stealth technology hasn't really been applied to drones yet. Um, they're also limited, especially this Isn't side. Isn't that just painting them black? <laughs> no? <laughs> I imagine there's a bit more to it, but I couldn't give you the, the full details. Oh, Chris. Um, but yeah, the, the sort of the other issue with the big drone swarms working autonomously in groups is, is battery power. It's really, it really takes a huge amount of battery to power them, and that's going to be a limit. Um, another, something I've read from BAE Systems, they envision a future of organic drones. They're grown in large-scale labs by digitally digitizing synthetic and materials from molecular level upwards. So they're going to be like born, like <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that from a plant pot, and then when they're ready, they just fly off. Absolutely, just like beautiful little butterflies. Are they going to be able to self-replicate? Are they going to be able to build other drones? This is very much um, blue sky thinking, but possibilities are. Yeah. Every now and then, we have these subjects in the podcast where we all walk away. Just really scared for the future. Yeah. <laughs> this does. This does this seem is like, one of them. Yeah, yeah, it is. This is worse than the one where um, Charlotte was talking about planes and how they're all going to crash. Uh, 
If this happens, I'm just going to need to go get a Vive and like pretend it's yeah. not happening. Well, I don't know if you'd want to do that, actually, because there's also been quite a lot of reports about virtual reality being used for torture. Oh, so, right. excellent. You know, they might hack into your Vive and suddenly you'll be experiencing... But I can take it off. Not if you're being tortured. If, yeah. you're, if you're being held by the US Army and they've developed... A oh, if I've been taken away. Torture yeah. methods. Because ultimately VR will be able to make you experience almost any emotional state. Um, it's, it's really scary. Yeah, so do I need to put a thing in my neck like in Suicide Squad where I, I, I just say a code word and it like kills me? It's probably a good idea. I mean, you might already have one in there. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I don't think you should do that. No? I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not sure you should do it. The code word would be really complicated. Would it be uh, snackable content? <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I think that's a really bad idea. Um, uh, let's see. Um, we haven't talked about um, the impact of video games on um, military training, hmm. um, but I know it, I know it's been quite a, um, uh, a major topic of military theory that humans don't like to kill other humans, um, to put it flippantly, uh, and find it very difficult to pull the trigger when they say human. Um, it sounds to me like a lot of things you're talking about are about distancing the human from the actual engagement with the with the, with the violence, um, letting somebody just press a button from a long way away. Um, is is this a way of um, <laughs> of increasing our capacity to hurt each other? Is this is this something we should be worried about that we're going to become more violent as a species because we are now able to more easily? Yeah, I think I think that's a very interesting question. Um, I. I mean, with current drone bombers, they've talked about this already. Someone sitting in an office in the Nevada desert, sort of killing people thousands of miles away. But um, yeah. I'm not really sure about the psychological impact. I'm not sure how much analysis has been done into that. But yeah, potentially it could desensitise us if we're just clicking buttons and not really experiencing the violence up close. But again, I think the vast majority of stuff is a long, long way away. Well, I think you've made us... Um quite sad and afraid um, so we'd better, better stop there um, it will obviously be very flippant to reduce something as serious as war to a silly question however um, then I thought we're doing one. just that so here's the question uh, for war or this is absolutely reprehensible for war or war to bad idea <laughs> Ashley war to bad idea uh, that's probably fair. Tom? I'm not even sure how you said that. War, war, <laughs> war to bad? For, they both have the word war in them. Right. One of them is good and one is bad. War or war to bad idea? War to bad idea. And Chris? War to bad idea. I'm going to say war to bad idea, but I'm thinking for. Um, Fawesome. Not <laughs> but. That's, that, war, that is awesome, good, actually. Fawesome. But... Uh, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> we'd probably better stop there before we become completely unhinged. And thank you uh, for listening to this edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Feel free to get in touch and let us know your thoughts and opinions. You can tweet us uh, using the handle at UK Tech Podcast, or you can email us on editor at idg.co.uk. We'll be back next week. Uh, I know I said that last time, and it wasn't true, um, <laughs> but it is this time, I promise. Uh, with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech, you can find us on Acast, iTunes, SoundCloud, and all other reputable podcast sources. And don't forget to subscribe, comment, uh, and all the rest of that. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Bye. 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 UK Tech Weekly Podcast. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.